Somebody clap your hands and give God praise. Clap your hands and shout hallelujah. Let your hallelujah be louder than your neighbors. Clap your hands and shout again hallelujah. Look at somebody and tell the person, I am clapping better than you. I'll be blessed more than you. Tell another person, I'm clapping better than you. I'll be blessed more than you. If you are clapping for Jesus, do it better. Why don't you add your voice? Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Are you shouting unto the Lord? As you are shouting, your blessing is dropping on you. As you are shouting, God is lifting you up. Shout of praise one more time. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Please lift up your Bibles with me. And say, this is my Bible. It is the word of God. I believe what he says I am. I can do what he says I can do. I am not a hearer only. But I'm a doer of the word. Wave your Bibles and shout amen. God bless you. Please be seated. I want to thank God for this opportunity to bring you God's word this morning. It's a great privilege. I don't take for granted. Please help me put your hands together. Let's appreciate God for his kindness, his goodness, and his love for us this morning. And I also appreciate my parents in the Lord, um, my father and your father, Bishop Charles Adjinasari far away in Pakistan. Let's put our hands together and let's appreciate him. I've always said and I've repeated it continuously that it's not everybody you journey with and you end well. There are people you work with and you don't end well. So when God blesses you with a leader who journeys with you into a good place, you must know that that person is God sent. Our father is God sent. That is why we are looking the way we are looking this morning. Please, once again, let's put our hands together and let's appreciate him. And let's also appreciate our one and only mama. Put your hands together. Let's appreciate mama. Hallelujah. Mommy, thank you very much. God bless you. Shall we share a word of prayer? Father, thank you for this morning. I ask that, Lord, you would speak to us, teach us your word. Let grace be released, hide me behind the cross, and let only Jesus be revealed and seen. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to attempt to continue from where Daddy ended last Sunday, talking about intimacy with God. This month is a month of intimacy, trusting that we build and develop a better relationship with God than we have. You know, God's desire as expressed in his word is for us to have a close and intimate relationship with him. It is the most important thing and the most valuable thing any Christian can ask for. A closer relationship with God, an intimate relationship with God. In James chapter 4, and verse 8, the Bible says, Draw nigh to God, or draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, 
and purify your hearts you double-minded the scripture is teaching us to come close to God because his hands are always open to receive us but as we come close to him he will also come close to us but the Bible says that those who seek him will find him so if we seek God we will find him it is my prayer that we we would seek God like we have never done before in Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 29 the Bible says but if from hence or if from now thou shalt seek the Lord thy God thou shalt find him if thou shalt seek him with all your heart and with all your soul so the Bible is saying that if we seek God with all of our hearts with all of our souls we'll find him we'll find him if we will make an effort that God is our priority knowing him becomes our priority definitely we'll find him but it says seek him with all of your hearts seek him without any reservation with all of your heart and with all of your soul go after God chase after God pursue God seek to know him seek to find him and the Bible assures us that if you seek him surely you will find him may we find him in the name of Jesus Christ let me hear that amen again but James 4 that we read mentioned some few things about three things I want us to take note of first of all it says if you are going to seek God then cleanse your hands in other words give your life to Christ and don't meddle in shady things naturally if your hands are dirty it's very very easy to see so cleansing your hands can also be likened to having a life that is not polluted or that is not filthy or dirty it means that we must be conscious of our ways we must watch what we do we must we must be interested in making sure that we live a life that is pleasing to God tell somebody cleanse your hands oh I didn't hear you tell another person cleanse your hands it is very very important in the book of Psalms David said that the one who would see God it are those who have clean hands and a pure heart and have not lifted up their souls unto vanity so in other words if our hearts are not clean we won't be able to see God so clean hands are very very important making sure that we don't do things that are not pleasing to God and then number two it goes on to say that purify your hearts purify your hearts in other words don't engage in what we call emotional sense like our dear sister just shared a testimony she said I didn't used to be a forgiving person for a lot of us we appear we appear in the sight of people to have clean hands because when your hands are clean or dirty everybody can see is that right if somebody is a cheat if somebody is crooked and things like that we can easily see and say this person is a drunkard this person is this this person is that but one of the things that deceives us is that our hearts must also be pure and there are things that makes our hearts unpure or contaminate our hearts and these are the emotional sins I'm talking about like jealousy your heart cannot be pure if you have things like jealousy in your heart envy bitterness 
unforgiveness you, you can't seek God you can't have an intimate relationship with God if if you're harboring all these things in your heart somebody offended you years ago and up till now even in your prayer sometimes you pray and you forget you are praying to God and you release a bomb God punish this guy meanwhile you are praying to God to have mercy on you is somebody getting what I'm talking about you know and so we must we must strive that our hearts must also be pure things like evil wishes wishing people evil would definitely not help you have a good relationship with the Lord David said in the book of Psalms that if I regard iniquity in my heart the Lord will not hear me if I regard iniquity in my heart so sometimes you can do everything you know to do but the condition of your heart is very very important because there are things you keep in your heart and those things become a stumbling block because he says if I regard iniquity in my heart the Lord will not hear me now James says that draw near to God he will draw near to you however you must have clean hands you must have a pure heart ask somebody is your heart pure well if you don't say anything well maybe you're a suspect but I ask somebody are you a suspect Jesus is Lord may all the suspects be forgiven in the name of Jesus but we need to have pure hearts it's very very important and then it says it also mentions the double-minded being double-minded James chapter 1 verse 6 James chapter 1 verse 6 if you can give us that scripture 6 to 8 James 1 6 to 8 because you see as Christians we need to be settled in our minds we need to be stable in our minds some weeks ago the presiding bishop spoke or taught us a message on the incarnation of Christ for me that message is a masterpiece in the sense that every Christian needs to come to the point where you know beyond every shadow of doubt that the Jesus you follow he is the only way the truth and the life when you are not sure that is how come some people have one leg in church and have one leg somewhere else uh, are you understanding what I'm talking about but you must come to the point where you know like Paul says that I am persuaded that neither death nor life neither angels nor demons neither principalities nor power shall be able to separate us from the life, love of God in other words he says I am persuaded I am convinced you must have that conviction in your heart James 1 verse 6 says but let him ask in faith he was talking about prayer and he was saying that let the person whoever is making an, an action or prayer ask in faith not wavering or not having a double mind for he that wavereth, or anyone who has a double mind is like the wave of a sea that is driven and or that is tossed to and fro the seven for let not that man the person who has a double mind let not that person think that he shall receive anything from the lord verse 8 a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways so if we are going to draw close to god please take note of the things we've mentioned that we draw close to him our hearts must be pure our hands must be clean and then we must have 
a single mind. We must be persuaded in, the, in our faith and also in what we do with God. You see, intimacy with God is simply having a close relationship with the Father and knowing God as your Father. Intimacy with God is simply having a relationship, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That relationship that goes beyond what the pastor told you. The kind of relationship that goes beyond what the bishop said about Jesus. But you come to the point where you know him. You know him. He's with you. That relationship with the Holy Spirit that makes you wake up in the morning. And even when you are alone in the darkest moment of your life, you can still feel his presence around you closer to you than the clothes you are wearing. That even when you are going through the most difficult times of your life, you are not shaken because you know that he is with you morning, afternoon, and midnight. May you feel that presence of the Lord in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, let me hear somebody say amen. amen. Jesus said it this way. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you shall ask, and you shall receive. So, abiding with him, John chapter 15 verse 7 is what I just quoted. So, we need to come to that point where he is in us. We are so knitted together. We are so close together. That goes beyond just coming to church. For some people, our relationship with Christ starts Sunday morning and ends by Sunday evening. But you need that relationship that every day of your life, every minute of your life, he is with you. You know he's with you. You talk to him and he talks back to you. May that be your testimony in the name of Jesus Christ. Let me hear that amen louder. In John, the book of John, Jesus takes time to talk about the Holy Spirit. And he talks about the Holy Spirit so many times. And anytime he refers to the Holy Spirit, he talks about relationship. Talking about the Holy Spirit and talking about relationship. In John chapter 14, verse 15, for example, John 14, 15, he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Verse 16, and I will pray the Father that he will send you another comforter and he may abide with you forever. Forever. So he's saying that I am going, but once I leave, another person will take over. He's called the Holy Spirit. He will abide with you forever. May you have that experience where he abides with you forever. Somebody say amen. amen. You know, theologians tell us that there, are, there have been several dispensations in the Bible. The major dispensations with the Trinity has been that in the Old Testament was the dispensation of the Father. The New Testament gives us the dispensation of the Son where we see the prominence of Jesus and everything seems to be about Jesus. But after Jesus left, the dispensation of the church was characterized with the Holy Spirit. And we are in the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. So you see, the Holy Spirit, if we want to have a relationship with God, it's not somebody we can set aside. No. The Holy Spirit, in fact, in our generation, is the most important person. The most important person on earth today is not the Secretary General of the United Nations. The most important person in our lives or in our dispensation is the Holy Spirit. He is more important than all the presidents of the world put together. The Holy Spirit is more important than all the pastors in the world, all apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, bishops, archbishops, all of them put together, the Holy Spirit is more important than them all. 
Because Jesus said, when I leave, this person will take over. And when he takes over, your pastor may sometimes close and go home. But as for him, he will never close. Uh, I, I thought somebody would give him praise and give him thanks. Jesus said he will have you forever. There are times your pastor may get busy and you may try to call him, but you may not get him. But as for the Holy Spirit, his phone is always active. His phone is never on Call him in the morning, you get him. When you call him at night, you get him. This are well and you went to worship him, you connect. When you are in trouble and you call him, he's right by your side. I pray to God, may somebody have an encounter with the Holy Ghost. Lift up your hand and shout a big amen. amen. The Holy Spirit is the one that we look up to. In fact, I said, and I've been saying, not all of us will have the opportunity to be graduates and professors. However, this world is controlled by knowledge. But you know what? The Holy Spirit, he is more knowledgeable than all the books in the world put together. That is why you can find an illiterate who has the Holy Spirit and does more things than a university professor. Whatever your limitation is, I prophesy over your life. The Holy Ghost will lift you above your limitations. Let me hear you say that amen again. Lift up your hand and say, Holy Spirit, I need you. Are you sure you need him? Say it louder. Say, Holy Spirit, I need you. You see, whatever is disconnected in your life, once he comes into your life, he is the bridge that connects you back to whatever you have to get. I pray today, some of you, you've been disconnected from your marriage, you've been disconnected from family, you've been disconnected from finances, but today, as the Holy Ghost takes preeminence in your life, you are receiving a bridge to cross over from a nobody to the place where you ought to be. Lift up your hand and shout yes. His assignment was to finish the work the father and the son started in our lives. That is his assignment. So, you see, the most miserable Christian is the one who does not have a relationship with God. Because in this life, people believe that when you die, it is finished. No, we as Christians, we believe that when you die, it's just a transition. But if you don't know God and you die, <laughs> it's a different matter altogether. Is somebody getting what I'm talking about? That is why you know all of your getting. Make sure you know him. Make sure you know him. Make sure you know him. The old Pentecostals used to sing, I know, I know, I know that Jesus is my Savior. I know. come to that point. Listen, there are people who, who have mansions, water beds. They lie down, they can't sleep. They see demons. There are some to they sleep in the chaos. As soon as they lie on the floor, there is no mat there. They are gone. And they dream that they are sleeping on your water bed. Ah, hear me, child of God. What you need is the Holy Ghost. 
Listen, he is more important than the Ghana seed. Come on, I thought somebody would shout an amen to that one. The Holy Ghost is more important than the United States dollar. He is more important than pound sterling. In fact, he is the one that directs the affairs of the dollar and the pound. This morning, by the power of the Holy Ghost, I direct the affairs of dollars, of pounds, of blessings into your life right now. If your business is taking a nose dive, I come to tell you, the connector, the connector, the Holy Ghost, the connector, he will connect your business and it will receive an upper dive. Receive grace now. Somebody shout, I need the Holy Ghost. In John chapter 16, Jesus tells us that the Holy Spirit will not speak of himself. He will not speak of himself. But he will magnify Jesus. He will magnify the word. He will show the Father. He will show us the way to the Father. So, Accept him. And that void, that emptiness, people always struggle to fill a certain void. For generations, people have been to fill a certain void. You know, man feels that something is missing. But you and I can testify the day you gave your life to Christ, suddenly it is like you. But that is what we call the born again experience. Suddenly you started feeling new. Because when it comes in, all things become new. But you see, that void is so important that you see professors going to juju men who have not brushed their teeth for seven years. And they will do things. Spit. And give it to a whole professor, educated man, exposed person, travel around the world. People who have power. And then they will, and then they will lick it. Because man is looking to fill a certain void. That is why, you see, the greatest thing that happened to your life is not the day you bought a car. Ah, you didn't hear what I said. I said the greatest thing that happened to you was not the day you bought a car, was not the day you got married, was not the day you bought a house. The greatest thing that happened to you was the day Jesus, Emmanuel, God, became flesh in your life. I pray for you today. In the absence of the things you don't have, you have God in your life. And once God is there, all other things are coming into your life. Jesus said, but sit and his righteousness and all other things shall be added. This morning, can I take two minutes to prophesy to take the people here today? As you seek the kingdom of God, I see everything that was a deficit in your life becoming a plus in the name of Jesus. Receive it in the name of Jesus Christ. God in your life is more than enough. That is why you can walk confidently through life. You can walk confidently through life. As if you have everything. People walk with their heads bowed. But because you have Jesus, you don't have the kind of money they have. But when you walk, your head is not bowed. You raise your head shoulder. You raise your shoulder high. And you pop with confidence. Because you know that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I pray for somebody today. A turnaround is happening right now. I cannot hear somebody shout unto the Lord. I said a turnaround is happening now. God will 
you turn your story around. Lift up your hand and shout yes. Tell somebody you need him, you need him, you need him. When you have a relationship with him, it changes their dynamics. Look at what Jesus said in Luke chapter 10 verse 38. In Luke 10, the word Bible says and then after I said Jesus won't you tell Mary to come and help me since I'm doing all the work alone by myself then Jesus said Martha he didn't call her once then Jesus became a Nigerian he said Martha Martha Martha, how many times did I call you? He said, one thing is important. One thing is needful. And Mary has chosen that part. Which is that part? That part of staying close to the master. Because you are fixing me bread that would just pass away. But Martha is being fed with the bread of life that will live and forever. Hear me, child of God. It is important you know activity is not equivalent with relationship. You can be busy in church, but it does not mean that you have a good relationship with God. So no matter how busy you are, sometimes don't lose sight of the ultimate. The ultimate is Jesus. Can I hear somebody shout a bit of amen? I said the ultimate is Jesus. As you get busy with your daily activity, you are always in meetings. You are always doing this. You are always doing that. It is good. But remember that matter, matter. One thing is needful. And that thing is a relationship with God. We live in a generation where we are too busy. Some of you are so busy through no fault of yours. Priorities must be set right. Don't make the first things become last. And the last things become first. In the beginning was God. The beginning of everything must be God. It's a matter, one thing is needful. May you not lose that needful thing. I say again, the most important thing in Christianity is not activity, but relationship. The most important thing for a pastor or for all of us, for every one of us it's not our activities but our relationship with him this month of intimacy with god i see you bonding with him like never before our intimacy is what gives us the comfort that it shall be well that intimacy it gives you that assurance and comfort that it shall be well you see how could shadrach meshach and abednego be so comfortable to walk into the fire if they did not know that there is a man called the fourth man who will appear in your fire 
But they knew that as they were going into the fire, they said, oh king, we are not careful to answer you. We know God, would, he said, we know that he will deliver us. But just in case, he doesn't. So they knew, you see, when you have that relationship with him, you know that when you do the fire, he will be there with you. There are some of you here, you've gone through fire. And some of you, you are still going through fire. Do I have a witness in the house? Some of you, it is like a baptism of fire. But I came to tell you, that fire will not consume you. The same God of Shadrach, he will deliver you from the fire. Your amen must be louder than your neighbor. I said God will deliver you from the fire. Every fire around you. You see, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they knew that their God himself, his name is the consuming fire. Once he stepped into the fire, he consumed the fire and introduced an air condition in the oven. I prophesy, the Holy Ghost is introducing an air condition into your oven. Lift up your hand and shout yes. Somebody shout yes. You are in fire, but you are coming out of your fire. The day you come out of your fire, that King Nebuchadnezzar over your life, he will stand up for you. I said that principality, they will watch with your eyes because it shall be in a grand style. And year by this time, may God quench the fire around you. A week by this time, may your fire become an air conditioner. Lift up your hand and shout yes. But how could they, how could they have that assurance if they did not have a relationship with him? They told Daniel, we'll put you in the lion's den. He said, no problem. I won't stop calling on my God. I won't break my relationship with God. Now, take note. All of these trials came about because their relationship with God, their intimacy with God was under threat. In the case of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said, relationship. They said, no. In the case of Daniel, he said, relationship he said no when Daniel was going into the fire he knew when Daniel was going into the lion's den sorry he knew that the God he serves he himself he is the lion of the tribe of Judah and so there is no you see in everything there are levels when you meet there are levels of pastors when you meet bishops there are levels of bishops when you meet apostles there are levels of apostles Demons, there are levels of demons. When you go to the jungle and you meet lions, there are levels of lions. Your lion has a master. <laughs> uh, you didn't hear. I said, your lion has a master. Any roaring lion at you, any lion that is roaring in the name of Jesus, I command that lion to be silenced. Your amen is not loud enough. I command that lion to be silenced. Once Daniel was entering the lion's den, the first man that stepped into the den was not Daniel. Was not Daniel. The first one that stepped in there, because if Daniel had gone ahead of God, he would have been in trouble. But somehow, when God goes ahead of you, when the lion of Darius saw the lion of the tribe of Judah, immediately, he knew that Master is here. Lion did not consume him. 
whatever you are going through, you will come out of it. I'm talking to this morning. I said, whatever is happening in your life, it has an expiry date. I command that demonic problem to expire now. Can I hear somebody shout that amen like you are in church? I said, whatever devil is in your life, let his works come to an end now. Somebody clap your hands and shout, expire. So Daniel knew because he knew that God was with him. God is with me. Church, it's sad when you don't know God is with you. You run her task When you don't have any relationship with him, every wind tosses you about. That is why people can leave church and go and see a juju man. Because you don't know who he is. I had a funny story some years ago of this Christian who was in trouble. And he had prayed that nothing was happening. And then somebody took him to a juju man. When he got to the place, and the juju man was doing his chant, chant. Then the juju man did something very fearful. Then the man shouted, Jesus, in front of the juju man, he started speaking in tongues. Then the juju man said, Hey, who In other words, you have this thing and you come here, shut up and leave this place. Some of you, even the devil knows what you carry more than yourself. From today, you will not turn away from any fights. Uh, you didn't hear I said you are not turning away from any you will meet the devil eyeball to eyeball shoulder to shoulder and you tell the devil greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world you are an overcomer I said you are an overcomer I said you are an overcomer shout yes David the other day, David said, Yeah, though I, yeah, though I am walking, it sounds like somebody here. Yeah, though you are walking through the valleys of the shadows of death, David said, I will not fear evil. The reason is because thou, you are with me. Hey, tell somebody, God is with me. Person, God is with me. Tell somebody I am walking through, but He's with me. You walking through the valley of the shadow of death does not mean that God has deserted you. It says that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver him from them all. There are times the righteous will go through trouble. There are times the righteous will go through turbulence. But in the midst of the turbulence, there is a very strong power that is holding you. Do not fall. I pray for somebody today. You shall fear evil. Ah, I said you shall fear. Tell somebody I shall fear no evil. I feel like preaching somebody this morning. Fear no evil. No matter what happens in the economy, the economy will not scare you are passing through it but it will not scare you you shall fear no evil somebody say I am not scared yeah 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 fear no evil but when you don't have any relationship you fear yeah. you fear one time papa told us a story 
think it was a story of Smith. Well, guess what? Or oh, one of those. One day, he had somebody making noise by his window. Ah, it was Smith. Ah, this thing was disturbing. Meanwhile, he was having a good relationship with her. Then, at a point, he went to check who was that making that funny noise. Then, when he checked, he saw this demon making noise. Then he said, If I knew you were the one, I wouldn't come to even see. And just turned back and went to continue what he was doing. Do you know why? When, when you are, ha- you see, when, when I'm having a meeting, let's say with a presiding bishop, then they come and tell me that one of the junior pastors says I should come because he has a revelation for me. I, don't, I mean, I'm dealing with the, I'm dealing with the, I'm talking about. One day, somebody told me not too long ago, a, a friend was in this church, left to another church, and then came back and said, Osofo, Masaba. And I said, so what, what brought you back? He said, Osofo, where I went to, I was paying my tithes, doing everything, but things are bad. But I noticed that when I was here, when I pay my tithes, things move very fast. So Osofo, the authors, they are not the same. <laughs> so, so, Osofo, Osofo, he said it in three. He said, Osofo, author, and I had a crow. And you had, and you had a crop, all kind of different room. You will fear no evil. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 says, Hebrews, It says, Let your conversation be without covetousness. Don't be covetous. Be covetous. But be content with such things as you have. Don't be covetous. Be content with what you have. For he that have said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You know, as long as you have the one who has promised that he will never leave you with you, relax. Be content. Be content. He says, don't be covetous. Be content with what you have. Because the one who has promised never to leave you nor forsake you. In fact, he holds everything in the palm of his hands. And once you have, it is well with you. Spiritual intimacy is determined. You can gauge it. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10 says, That I may know him. Philippians 3, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. You see, I mentioned earlier that the worst thing that can happen to a Christian is not death. The worst thing. Because all-time Christians dying in the name of Christ. They were not suicide bombers. That's what I'm talking about. But being martyred was a privilege. Making sacrifices for Christ's sake privilege in our generation. Making a sacrifice is a curse. We run away from sacrifice. They embrace sacrifice. No wonder they walked in those levels they walked in. A wind is blowing. The wind of sacrifice is coming back to the church. You see, whether we like it or not, it shall not be long before Jesus comes again. And shade between those who have lived sacrificially, those who have lived the authority of the target, God set them up, and everybody will see. Hear me, choose the path. 
sacrifice. The way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof is death. You see, there is a way that looks like it is and white, but that road may lead somewhere. But there is a road that is very narrow. It looks difficult. It looks hard. It looks like it is too sacrifice. It is too demanding. But hear me, child of God. You can walk on that road. Your end is guaranteed and assured. Oh, somebody and give him praise. That we should know. Back spiritual intimacy or intimacy with God. Number one, you have no value for the word. It means your intimacy with God is suspect when you have no value for the word. The word is nothing. You mock the word. You mock stuff I mean you 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 look down it's been preached you feel like you have heard it every day no once you realize that your respect for the word is going down out of God check it because God and his word is one can I hear somebody say amen, amen. number two sign that messy with God is questionable is when you're becomes dead or seared and daddy has a book on conscience when when nothing pricks you there's a problem and number three when greed becomes your lifestyle self-centered even your Christianity is because of you and not because of him when you pray it's because of you and not him when God is because of you and not him when it's because of you and not because when you realize these things are playing out in your life check it your intimacy with God becomes questionable one of the things God will do in these last days is that there is going to be a release the release of financial wealth in the church like never before because once we go back to the and to the teachings of sacrifice automatically automatically there is there is a release of wealth into the church automatically because there are some of us seated here if not for church if not for church we wouldn't be the way we are i was teasing pastor ellie in the first service he was telling me some time ago that if not for church if not for christ he didn't know that it would suit we are sizing. but now he knows that suits they are sizing. so the first time he got to know there are sizes he was when somebody asked suit size they say hey this question is a big question <laughs> but there are some of us here like that some of us ladies see the way you are looking beautiful some time ago yes that's personally suit it is a size Chai, man of god you are blessed there are some of us ladies ago, when you do makeup you grind chalk I used to do, do the chalk and then the white, then she would take it and then rub on the face. Today, look at you. Your makeup must have a name. It must be a mark or something. If it doesn't have a name, you won't use it on your skin. What the Lord has done. I mean, see yourself today. Am I talking to someone? Do I have a witness in the house? If not for God and if not for the kingdom, you see, because once you come into the kingdom, the thing about Christ, there is an element of sacrifice to leave your past and come to the front. 
that is a sacrifice. For that sacrifice alone, it takes you a step forward in life. That is why some of you, the way you are looking, you think you are, but you have not started yet. The, the one who said, receive 10 times whatever. I said, some of you think you are, you not started yet. Work to the church. People are giving offerings. This offering is the key of the Mercedes Benz. The second offering is the key of the house. We are coming to that point where, as pastors, we are not waiting for church members to come and bless us. Ah, pastors, am I talking to somebody here? When that time will come, where, as pastors, people come and say, oh, I have an accommodation problem. We say, Look, I have a house, I have a two bedroom house over there. Go and take it. And that's why we don't even tell the bishop. The one who said, Amen, take it now. I said the wind is blowing. 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 Carry your blessing right now. Carry that favor now. Carry prosperity now. Lift up your hand and shout yes. In Micah chapter 4 verse 1. Micah chapter 4 verse 1. Let me rush this quickly. Micah chapter 4 verse 1. It says, but in the last days, it shall come to pass that the mountain of the Lord's house of the Lord shall be established on top of the mountains. In other words, the church will take the lead of the world. And then it says, and it shall be exalted above the hills and people shall flow into it. A time is coming when people want to know how to prosper. They won't want to do politics. I said a time is coming when people want to prosper. They won't want to go and do politics. They will want to rather come to church. Because, you know, we have this notion in Africa, if you want to prosper quickly, become a politician, isn't it? But I'm telling you, to that person who believes that a time is coming, that narrative is changing. A time is coming when people want to know how to prosper. They won't look for MPP or NDC. When they want to prosper, they will ask, where is that church? Because anybody that enters the church, when they enter tapet, by the time they are coming out, they carry more than enough. Hey, I pray for you today. You will be that testimony people will share. Your amen must be louder than your neighbor. I said receive that testimony in the name of Jesus. You see, it will take the church to sanitize him in our politics. Because when people start coming to church because they want to prosper, we will now have people who want to do, who want to help the nation in order to go into politics because it will become so unattractive. Years ago, Bishop shared with us a testimony from Guatemala when a revival hit them. When a revival hit them, their prisons were becoming empty. Their prisons were almost empty. They had to close down some of their prisons. The reason is because nobody was committing crime. Are, are you getting what I'm talking about? The solution to the world's economic problem, the solution to Ghana's economic problem, it is not in the hands of any economists. What haven't you seen? I'm not too old. My few years of existence from 1992, I've heard all the promises our politicians give us and economists and all the theorists. Yesterday I was watching Joy News. One economist said, he's not an economist, one of the contributors, he said, 
our people must look for what the problem is. He said, they don't know the problem. Because if you know it, we propounded all the theories. I read about theories. I read about development. And one of the greatest people on developmental theories is Michael Todaro. I've read him cover to cover. I've read him. But sometimes when you read them, uh, at the end of the day, then there is an antithesis. They have to tell why these things, there are problems with it. So at the end of the day, you look at everything, you think that all is vanity. But when you take the word and you open the word, it is the only way that it opens the door and no one can shut. Ah, I prophesy to somebody today. Your wealth shall be unstoppable. Ah, your amen is not loud enough. Your blessing shall be unstoppable. Lift up your hand and shout hallelujah. Pastor Deboye said, one day he went to church and just made an announcement. The Lord is telling me there is somebody here. You have a problem with your landlord. But God says, tomorrow by this time, you will be a landlord yourself. Then somebody jumped, amen, that kind of amen that makes the people around know, you know, the people around you, they get to know that you have a problem with your landlord. The guy shouted, amen. The following day, he went to work, met his boss and greeted his boss. Then the boss said, ah, the last time I was rewarding people who have served me for long, did I reward you? He said, no. He said, oh, I gave them one million naira each. He said, Oga, you haven't rewarded me. The man said, oh, is that so? Don't worry. Let's go. I have a three-bedroom house somewhere. He took the guy there and said, from today, it is yours. Take it. God will give you something bigger than money. Hey, hey, hey. Who am I talking to here? Your favor is coming. Your blessing is coming. Your miracles are your stopper. Eyes have not yet seen. Ears have not yet heard. Take that miracle now. Lift up your hand and shout, I receive it. Come on, clap your hands and shout, I am the one. Last month, I was preaching in Hohoi. I was preaching on sacrifice and call for people to make a sacrifice. I think about a thousand cities or thereabouts. This gentleman came out, an elder of the church. Apparently, for months, he's a carpenter, a contractor. He's not because he's not, getting any, he's not getting anything to do. Even what to feed his family was a problem. But he came, didn't know where the money was going to come from. The pastor, that was on Friday. The pastor called me on Sunday and said, my guy has a testimony. He said, the Saturday, the whole day, nothing happened. In the night, he was sleeping. When a man came to call him and said, there is a contract that must be done. I want us to discuss the contract. They discussed the contract. He said, finish. He said, for you to know I'm serious, take this money. Gave him some thousands of Ghana cities. He said, take this money. It is down payment. Whatever we agree on, I will give you the balance. The following Sunday, the guy came to church and paid his vow. You know why? Because once a sacrifice goes up, it must rain. Hear me? You can't have a relationship with God and not live a life of sacrifice. And some of us, I was saying in the first service, by the grace of God, you may never go hungry till you die. But you see, it is not just about you. For some of us, it is even about your children and your grandchildren. Your sacrifice, because in Genesis chapter 26, give me Genesis chapter 26, let me close with that scripture. Genesis chapter 26 verse 12. In Genesis chapter 26, Isaac lived in a land where there was famine, serious famine and hunger. And the Bible says, then Isaac sowed in the land and received the same year. Somebody said the same year. 
Oh, let me hear somebody say the same year. A hundredfold returns that same year. Hundredfold. That same year. But you see, Isaac's blessing did not start in Genesis 26. It started with his father. His father made a sacrifice that provoked God to say that I will bless your seed. So once Isaac activated that covenant, God had to show up. On the 31st, Papa told us we are going to air condition this place, so we are going to take an offering. For me, I believe that that is an opportunity. Don't ever miss an opportunity to make a sacrifice to God. Because you see, there are certain yokes, it responds only to sacrifice. That is why demons give power due to levels of sacrifice. Small power, you can sacrifice a bed. Bigger sacrifice, you can sacrifice a goat. When it is going forward, you can sacrifice a grass cutter or a crantier. But when the higher it goes, they will ask you to bring either a cow. At some point, they will ask you to bring a human being. There are things that must break. Hear me? In the time where we are in farming, look at the economy of Ghana. Our city is jumping and somersaulting and all of that. But between, thank God, you are not controlled by the economy of Ghana. Your source is from heaven. Your life is not determined by any politician. Your life is determined by the politician. Listen, God has a special blessing that is earmarked for you. But your sacrifice connects you, connects you, connects you. May your sacrifice open that door for you. But this will happen when you have a relationship with him relationship bow down your head let us pray if you want to clap your hands please do it better if you're here this morning and you want your sins to be forgiven you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior you are not sure you have that relationship with the Lord but you want to develop it you want to have a relationship with God if you're like that please lift up one hand I want to pray with you you want your sins to be forgiven please lift up one hand you want your sins to be forgiven you have any hand up if your hands are lifted can you please stand to your feet you have any hand up Yes, thank you, my brother. You want your sins to be forgiven. Please stand. That is the beginning of everything. It's the beginning of everything. Kindly take your Bible and your bag and walk to me in front here. I want to pray with you. You want your sins to be forgiven. Please walk to me. lift up one hand church please lift up your hand let's pray this prayer together say I know I am a sinner I cannot save myself forgive me all my sins wash me with your blood come into my life and make me a new person today I receive Jesus as my Lord and my Savior Amen 
put your hand on your chest let's pray father in jesus name touch my brother establish him in your kingdom holy spirit work on him let him never be the same again in jesus name amen